0: How did you do exposing Satan's lies and combating them with the truth? Truth is light. Lies are darkness. Darkness is simply the absence of light. When Satan is attacking us with his lies and darkness, we can dispel them by bringing in the truth, or light, into our life. Each of these pieces of armor adds to our protection against Satan, We are almost complete in putting on the Lord's armor. So far, we got ready for battle by girding our loins with truth, where we used the truth triangle of praying to God and studying it out in our mind and in our heart, and we discovered that the Lord embodies truth and is the source for all truth. So we chose, as symbolized by our loins, to be faithful, loyal, and one with Him as our captain. Declaring our allegiance to God is the first step resisting Satan. Then we began putting on the Lord's armor when we put on the breastplate of righteousness, covenanting to keep His commandments. Our righteousness increased as we nourished ourselves spiritually through these commandments, as symbolized by the digestive system. We also invited the Holy Ghost to help us as we performed these nourishing activities, and He acted like life-giving oxygen to create life, energy, and power. This was symbolized by our respiratory system. We also aligned our efforts to be done out of love for our Heavenly Father, fervently praying for the Lord to fill us with His love. This higher way of keeping the commandments helped us to become as God is, as symbolized by how our circulatory system takes nourishment to every cell of our body, making us a sum total of what we nourish ourselves with. Lastly, but absolutely essential, we cleansed ourselves from sin with the Savior's atonement as symbolized by our detoxifying organs. Righteousness, or becoming like God, arms us with his priesthood power, which is, like the very vital organs it protects, a vital piece in defending ourselves against evil. Next, we shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, where we took our testimony and put it into action, helping us to become truly converted as we went about living and sharing what we believe. Being anxiously engaged in good causes, which come about by living and sharing the gospel, keeps us from going into Satan's territory. Next, we picked up the shield of faith, which faith came about through these previous efforts of learning and living God's word. Our faith in God and his truths are a shield and a protection against the fiery dart lies and deceptions that Satan throws at us. The last piece of defensive armor we are putting on right now is the helmet of salvation. Last week, We went to the root or beginning of the part we play in determining our salvation. And that is through our thoughts. And our mind is where we have to discern the truth from Satan's deceptions. What we think becomes what we believe and then what we do. Last week we learned to recognize the thoughts Satan was putting into our mind, which is a prerequisite for this week's discussion on how to put on the helmet of salvation. All the pieces of armor are really a way that we are symbolically putting on the Lord. Putting on the helmet of salvation is putting on the Lord as we seek to become one with Him in our thinking, our thoughts, and will aligning with His. So far, we have sought to become one with Him in name, to take His name upon us, In our heart, to love as he loves. In our actions, to do as he would do. And now we need to become one with him in our thoughts, to think as he would think. We're getting better at this as we live and love as he does. We learn this by following his example and through the words of his prophets. But even more importantly, we need to hear his voice in our mind. The Holy Ghost is the messenger. And his voice is still and small. His promptings come ever so gentle and subtle. We can know it is a thought from the Lord if it is a thought to do good. Listening and acting upon these promptings will help us to become one with the Lord. Loving, doing, and thinking as he would think. That is what we need to do to be ready to stand in his presence. So that, as John says, When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Last week we discussed how to discern whether the thoughts that come into our mind are from God or from Satan. This week we are going to discuss the power of thought unto salvation. 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 27 says, Wherefore, men are free according to the flesh, and all things are given them which are expedient unto man, and they are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men, or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil, for he seeketh that all men might be miserable like unto himself, close quote. We have been given all the tools we need to be able to achieve salvation. We have been given our agency, the Word of God to tell us the way to go, the light of Christ or our conscience to help us feel the way we should go, a powerful mind that can think and reason, and a Savior who set an example for us and who atoned for our sins. Now we just need to make the choice to seek salvation. The helmet represents two parts, our efforts and the Savior's. All of our efforts are important, but the Savior is really the one who is going to make it all possible. He is the one that makes up the difference. He is like the capstone to our temple. The helmet symbolizes that capstone or finishing, completing, perfecting element to our souls. While all the goal setting we will talk about today is important and even essential because faith without works is dead, it won't be enough. We have to turn to our Savior for grace and forgiveness and to make up for what we lack. Okay, so with all that in mind, let's dive in. In our battle analogy, we are at the point where we have arrived at the battlefield and have fervently prayed for the Lord's help. Now we need to listen for the Lord's inspiration to come into our mind as we make our plan of attack. In our everyday life, that is going to represent the proactive goals we feel prompted to make to progress on our journey toward exaltation. We turn to the Lord and he helps us to see what we need to change and where we need to prioritize our time and energies. Remember, our brain is like the boss who is the master coordinator for all we think and do. Creating a battle plan brings order to the ranks so that all members are working together in unity to win the battle. Creating a personal battle plan helps to get our mind, heart, body, and spirit, these ranks, all working together in righteousness and balance to bring about our salvation, or in other words, to win the battle against sin. The scripture The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, is fitting. In a battle, we are only as strong as the weakest flank or side. The same is true for us. We need all four major parts, our heart, mind, body, and spirit, to be strong and united. We can do this by taking time to ponder each of these areas and see what goals the spirit prompts us to make. But before we go into any more detail about the setting of these goals, let's First, talk about battle strategy number one. To begin with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey would say, Knowing our goal or destination is paramount if we are going to win. Then, when a choice or opportunity comes our way, maybe even a seemingly good opportunity, we can compare it with our end goal and see if it is going to help us or sidetrack us. Or... When our flesh is weak, we can remind ourselves that we want that end goal more than we want that thing that is tempting our natural man body. A valuable way to keep our end goal in mind is by creating a vision board and a vision statement. We have two sides or hemispheres to our brain. The left side is analytical, sequential, and logical. It deals with the details. The right side sees the big picture. It is what puts all the words that the left side is reading on the page into context. The right side is creative, imaginative, and intuitive. Creating a vision board and a vision statement fulfills the visionary right side of our brain's need to imagine what it looks like to achieve this goal. A vision board is simply a pegboard or a piece of cardboard that we put pictures and words on to represent the goals we feel the Lord is directing us to achieve. They should include our short-term and long-term visions for our future. Represented on our vision board would be our end goals, such as becoming like the Savior and having an eternal family, and our short-term goals that we are working on to fulfill the missions or promptings the Lord is giving us. A vision statement is simply where we put our vision for the future into story format. This is done in the present tense as if we are living that vision right now. Our visionary part of our mind wants to see it, hear it, feel it, smell it. It wants to imagine it as if we are living it right now. Then it can get to work putting the pieces all together in our mind of how to achieve it. With both the vision board and the vision statement, it is important to post them somewhere you can see them every day. Take a purposeful moment every day to visualize the goals on your vision board and to read your vision statement. And you will begin to see them coming to pass. Your brain is amazing. Tell it what is important to you and what you want, and it will get busy figuring out how to achieve it. It is also a powerful tool as it will bring your goals to mind when Satan is trying to sidetrack you. Then you can rebuff him that you are not going to settle for less for those temporary pleasures and distractions. The analytical and detailed left side of our brain helps us to sit down and take our end goals and break them down into smaller goals with the steps we need to take. We then put a date to them of when we'll achieve them. I love this quote by Greg Reed that says, quote, A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down becomes a plan. A plan, backed by action, makes your dreams come true. Dreams and visions are one and the same. Here's another fun poem by Laurie Richens. It is an acrostic poem spelling out the word dreams. Decide what you want. Regular routines create regular results. Examine your thoughts and belief system. Activate your imagination. Make room for what you want. Start small, but dream big. This poem is a great pattern for achieving your visions or dreams. We we'll let the Spirit guide us as to what a righteous dream would be, then we break it down into small steps that are a part of our regular routines. Then we examine our thoughts and belief system, kicking out Satan's lies and replacing them with empowering truths. Then we activate our imagination by creating a vision board and vision statement. Then we enlist the analytical side of our brain to do the logistics of making room in our life so it can happen. And lastly, the side of the brain also helps us to break it down into small steps that will help us reach our big end goal. We mentioned the need to be well-rounded in the four basic areas of our soul. I would like to share one more pattern that we can use when creating goals in these areas. That is to cleanse, nourish, and challenge. I feel this is the pattern that the Lord uses with us. Through the light of Christ in His Spirit, He prompts us to cleanse or remove from our lives the undesirable or sinful parts of our natures and to replace them with good. The good we are replacing is going to nourish that aspect of our body or life. Then, the Lord doesn't want us to just stay where we are, so he challenges us by giving us learning opportunities that stretch us out of our comfort zone. We can follow this pattern ourselves as we create goals in the following four areas. Socially, or in our relationships, as represented by our heart, Intellectually, as represented by our mind, physically, as represented by our body, and spiritually, as represented by our spirit. I'll share one quick example of this for the heart. Your heart is a center for love and relationships. To cleanse this area, we might look for the relationships in our life that are poor examples for us or that leave us feeling negative or discouraged. Or we might find ourselves spending more time with friends, which are good, but it would be better to spend more time improving our family relationships. So say we want to cleanse from our life the amount of time with friends and to replace it with improving family relationships. To nourish this area, we would identify some ways we want to improve these familial relationships, such as by learning their love language and speaking it. Then to challenge ourselves in this area, we would go out of our comfort zone and speak that love language. It is challenging for us because it usually isn't our primary love language, but we are going to put our best effort forward at speaking it. There's a small sample of what that would look like. I hope you'll sit down and look at the four areas of your life and look at ways you need to cleanse, nourish, and challenge yourself so that the four flanks in your symbolic army or self are all strong. I also really, really hope you'll access the power of both sides of your brain by doing both the visual and analytical exercises in reaching your end goals and visions. I promise you that if you will try it, you will gain a testimony of the importance of doing both. Now for battle strategy number two, overcome evil with good. Back in week two's podcast, we had you do an exercise where you wrote down the lies Satan was telling you. If you have that list, pull it out. If not, put a little notebook in your back pocket and start jotting them down. We are going to fight evil with good. Romans chapter 12 verse 21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Close quote. Often we have certain areas where our faith is weak and Satan likes to keep shooting his fiery dart lies in that location like it's a weak chink in our armor. Take the list of lies that you accumulated over the week and use them to come up with a truth declaration. This statement will list the truths that will strengthen your faith in order to combat those lies. Post this next to your vision board and vision statement and say it every day. As you do, your faith will increase in these truths, and it will become a shield for you against these fiery dart attacks. Now you might think this is a bit corny, stating this statement out loud. But isn't it odd that we didn't even bat an eye at repeating out loud Satan's belittling comments that he put into our mind? Why not boldly declare the truth? Only Satan would discourage you from declaring positive truths out loud. He knows it will push him back and leave him powerless. So say your declaration out loud and with conviction. We'll share some examples of what some of the statements in your truth declaration might look like. But before we do, I would like to share a quote from President Russell M. Nelson about the value of purpose statements and declarations. He says, I urge you to study the current Relief Society purpose statement. It is inspiring. It may guide you in developing your own purpose statement for your own life. I also entreat you to savor the truths in the Relief Society Declaration published almost 20 years ago. A framed copy of this declaration hangs on the wall of the Office of the First Presidency. I am thrilled every time I read it. It describes who you are and who the Lord needs you to be at this precise time. As you do your part to help gather scattered Israel. Quote. Can you imagine how steadfast and immovable we would be if we all had a purpose and declaration statement? Satan would be held at bay every time we recited our statements of truth. What an armor of protection to be reminded daily of who you are, your worth, and what your role is in this great work. Now we'll show you how to create your own declaration statement. Thanks for joining me, you guys. So last week we discussed how we can detect Satan's lies by looking to the emotions that we're having. So that's the first step. We need to spot the enemy, recognize him for who he is. This week we are putting together a battle plan to fight the enemy. Now that we see the enemy and the fiery dart lie he is shooting at us, how are we going to combat that? I would like your help in coming up with some specific sentences we could put into a declaration statement. So, we recently just watched the first three Star Wars movies, and I think we can learn a lot from the story of Anakin and his progression as to how his thoughts influenced him to eventually suffer captivity and death, if you will use the phrase of the scriptures. He succumbed to the dark side, but it all started with his thoughts and listening to those lies that Satan was telling him. So, can anyone share with me a time that you saw Anakin believing a lie?
1: How, like, Obi-Wan said, Watch your thoughts, Anakin. They betray you.
0: Yeah... So that was the part where he had just gotten to the capital and they're about to see Padme and he was super stressed. So we can have a clue right there. He was feeling stress. That's one of those negative emotions. You know Satan's influencing him. What was he stressed about?
1: Oh, somebody else would think.
0: Yeah, what's Padme going to think of me? Will she like me? So what was the lie Satan was telling him? Maybe that he wasn't good enough, that she's not going to like you, she's going to think you're just a little kid. So what would be a truth that we could combat that with? I think for me, one of the things that would be helpful, if I was struggling with worrying about what everybody thinks, a sentence in my purpose statement would look like, I am a daughter of God and I know Heavenly Father loves me, and I have gifts and talents and a unique personality for a reason, and I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to strive to please Heavenly Father, and that's where my allegiance is. What's another situation from the movie that you saw Anakin believing a lie?
2: He thought that the Jedi Council was not seeing all of his capabilities, and he thought he was better than what they were seeing in him and that he deserved more privileges than what he was getting and more honors than what he had.
1: He just got into that I deserve box and saying that he was better than I deserve and he just thought I deserve better than what you guys are giving me.
0: Yeah, you can totally see Satan's lies that, you know, he's a victim. He's being underappreciated, undervalued. And you saw when he was ranting how angry he was. He was frustrated at at Obi-Wan, at the council, at everybody. And so what would be a truth that we could use to put in our positive declaration statement that will help us if that's something we're struggling with?
2: Um, You can always remember the things that um, you have been given because the way that he just focused on all the privileges that he wanted, he didn't realize how many that he did have and how being on the council at his age, like he was, was actually a great privilege. And he was being handed many great privileges. And he, if he was to be grateful for that, then he probably wouldn't feel like he was underappreciated if you just take the time to be grateful.
1: And in some ways it, it shows that he really wanted to have all those privileges, but he wasn't ready yet. And they were, in a way, they were kind of right about him because he didn't use some of those privileges right. And it was never enough.
0: Yeah, when we have ingratitude in our heart, it's never enough. I think that's interesting, too. Your comment, Kate, in Padme even brought that up. Says, well, our mentors have a tendency to see our faults a little bit better than we do. And and that's the truth. And I think if we think about um, last week, we talked about doing a turnaround and how they're not trusting me and, you know, all these rantings that he's doing to turn that around and say they do trust me. They are appreciating what I'm doing. And if we can really empower ourselves with the truth, then we are pushing Satan back. So some statements in our positive declaration might be, I am appreciated. I am valued. I am needed. I am of worth. You know, and all our our declaration statements should have the statement in there that we are son or a daughter of God, and that he loves us, and that he has a plan for us. Something along those lines, because that is core to all all of these statements. Whatever group of sentences you end up putting together, it should include that. And you notice how all of these are in the present tense, because if we are going to truly say a truth, it is what it is. It's, I am a son or a daughter of God, or I am valued, I am appreciated, and these that are going to arm us because we are saying what is. Okay, what's another part from this movie that that you notice Anakin believing a lie? What about all the fears he was experiencing? What was a time that you saw him really struggling with fear and Satan's lies?
1: How, like, he was, like, kind of afraid for his mother. And then, like, the, he asked the Jedi Council. And they said, like, we shouldn't let you... And to become a Jedi since you're afraid. And he says, what does fear have to do with it? And Yuda said, fear goes into anger, and anger turns into hate, and hate turns into suffering.
0: Yeah, that was wise counsel. He's like, what well, does it matter that I'm I'm afraid or you know, worried or something that way? He's like, oh. He realized that was the beginning of going into the dark side, basically, or giving into to Satan's temptations was to start to believe his lies. So what is the truth? That's a hard one. I mean, he, he honestly, he was having these terrible dreams about his mother's suffering, and then he goes... To rescue her, or see her, and finds out, yes, she indeed is in trouble. And then he realizes he can't save her. And he just gets so upset. He says, I'm going to become the greatest Jedi ever, and I'm going to have power over death. And and he's just going into all this anger. What were some of the lies that Satan was telling him?
1: That I wasn't good enough for it.
0: Yeah, Satan's convincing him that he's on his own and and he's not strong enough and so you better get stronger and and we'll never be strong enough on our own, right? So, a truth we could tell ourselves is that I have the Savior by my side. He will help me. I am, if you know some scriptures, they're fantastic to put into a positive declaration that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That scripture in Philippians 4.13 is a great one. We could, again, talk about how he has a plan for me and that he's molding me into my best self and he's hearing my prayers and he's guiding and comforting me. Um, That reminder of the truth that this life is but a small moment and that... I am seeking to keep God's commandments and to endure well, then God will exalt me on high where I can be with my loved ones again. Something where we speak the truth that reminds us that this life is but a short testing period, and that the goal is to turn to Heavenly Father and that He will help us. And I loved Yoda's counsel to him when he when Anakin turned to him and says, What do I do? You know, I'm constantly worrying and fearing about losing my loved ones and and Yoda did. He told him truth that it is a beautiful thing to go over to the other side. And that's how it is with us too. Heaven is a wonderful place to be. We may miss them, but life isn't over. So maybe a true statement would be I trust Heavenly Father. I know he has a plan for me.
2: And when Anakin started having dreams about Padme And that she was going to die. He he was really scared um, because when he had a dream of his mother, it came true. And so he was really scared about that. And he asked Yoda about his dream and what he should do. And Yoda said to learn to let go. And I think Anakin interpreted that as just to stop caring. And he knew that he wasn't going to stop caring in that He just said, that's probably not an option for me. I've got to find a different way. I've got to save her somehow. And and the path that he went down because of that fear was not a good one. And I think the key is to trust in the Lord. And when you trust in the Lord, then you know that he has a plan for you. And that through him that you can, like, help Padme. Somehow through him and not the dark side. And like if she does die then you'll have help from heavenly father and he has a plan and it'll all turn out yeah yeah that
0: true statement i trust heavenly father he has a plan for me and for my loved ones isn't that interesting the there's a quote that says what you think about you bring about and that very thing that he didn't want to have happen happened because of his obsession with control i must control the situation i'm going to Keep pain out of my life. I'm going to prevent everything. And that's a lie. We can't prevent pain and suffering. And because of his actions, he ended up truly, actually killing Padme. It was his breaking her heart that he went over to the dark side that really did it. Um, yeah, it's important to focus on what you do want to have happen. And that's why these true statements are so important. We're going to declare what is truth, what we do want to have happen. Our vision statements, we're, we're focusing on that end in mind, what we want to have happen. Our vision boards, all those things. I think another lie that he might have been believing is, I can't handle life without you know my mother or without Padme. Is that true? No. No, what truth statement could we say that would help
1: us in that? They're so alive and on the other side, meaning in heaven, and you will see him again. And they wouldn't want you to be sad for them. They would want you to live your life still. They wouldn't want you to destroy your opportunities just because of them.
0: Yeah, isn't that true? So your truth statement might be, My loved one is still helping me in heaven. You know, they're just up in heaven. They are helping me. They are watching over me. I have the Savior with me. I have loved ones beyond the veil that I don't see that are really helping me. And I love that too. Just they want me to proceed with life and to make it the best I can. So, wonderful truths. What about the part where Padme and Anakin are falling in love? And that's really hard. She even says, if you follow your thoughts to conclusion, they take you to a place where we cannot go. Their thoughts were leading them to what they knew was wickedness. So, what were some of the lies that Satan told him in that situation? Nobody will ever know. Yeah, we can hide this. And then what did she say? Because he did, he literally said
2: that. Then we'd be living a lie. That's what she said.
0: Yeah. And she, she says, can you live like that? He's like, no, it would destroy us. And it really did, didn't it? So what truths could we do to help us to put off that natural man that, I mean, those desires and those feelings were real. And not that I agree with the fact that anybody should ever lead a celibate life. I, I believe marriage is important. But we'll just run with it in this case, saying it's something that we shouldn't be doing as far as it's a natural man passion in us that we need to bridle. What truths could we put in our declaration that is going to help us to be able to put off the natural man to arm us with power against Satan's lies?
2: That whatever lie that Satan is trying to convince us that we can hide, that nothing is really hidden from Heavenly Father and living a lie is not a good way to live it would not be a happy way to live or trying to conceal something your whole life
0: yeah so a, a declaration statement we might put in there is god is watching over me and with the savior's help i am putting off the natural man and becoming a saint again that scripture i i love i can do all things through christ which strengtheneth me or, my goal, thinking about that end in mind, my goal is to live eternally with Heavenly Father. Get behind me, Satan. I am not going to give in to the natural man tendency that you're tempting me to do. Have that in our declaration. Something about, I am strong in resisting the natural man, and I am accessing the atonement to help me every day. What about that part in the movie where they're sitting in the grass, and they're talking about politics, and... And Anakin's like, I just think there's something wrong with the system. And she's like, well, what what do you think we should do? And and he says, well, we should all sit down and we should talk and and figure out what the best situation is and then do it. And she's like, well, that's what we do. It's just that nobody agrees. And then his comment, then we should make them agree. And did you notice his anger? I mean, he was obviously believing a lie as he turns and becomes angry at the frustrating part that people will not basically do what he wants them to do. What are some of the lies that Satan is telling him?
1: You'll never get it without force.
0: Yeah, you need control.
1: People are incapable of making decisions without you. You have to make them do it.
0: Wonderful. So what are some truths that we could combat if we notice that we're a type of person that Satan really hits us hard with? He's always trying to encourage us to control people. We get super frustrated if they're not doing what we want them to do, and we have a tendency to give in to that temptation of using control. What might be some truth statements we could put in our declaration?
2: That everybody has their own agency just like you do, and just because you believe that one way is correct doesn't mean that they have a different opinion that's just as important as yours and theirs could be correct too
0: yeah all people are children of God and they have been given gifts and talents and they are smart we are all geniuses of our own kind with different perspectives and we need everybody's perspectives to learn from So I value everyone's opinion. I am learning from everyone. I am open to learning and understanding from people. I believe people are capable and smart. And I'm going to trust them and allow them their agency. I believe in them, basically. I believe in people. So what about some of the situations that we saw where he wants to become a Jedi Master and he's been told no, and the council has basically said, you're, you're not ready yet, and all of a sudden he gets frustrated, and he says, I'm ready for the trials, you know, and Obi-Wan is holding me back, and in many ways I'm, I'm as good as he is, if not better, and, you know, some of the pride that Satan was putting into him, you saw that passion, that desperation, if you will, to prove himself. What were some of the lies Satan was telling him in that scenario?
2: That he's better than somebody else. That pride.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how, on the one hand, you see so much pride in him that he's saying he's better than other people. But in many ways, it almost kind of shines through that he's really feeling insecure. I I want the approval from people. I need this title to be of worth, to be considered a Jedi Master. And so he's all frustrated that he wants... This title these privileges but he hasn't earned it it's funny how satan loves to convince us to try and take shortcuts to that so what might be some truths we could use in our declaration that will help us if we are feeling insecure about ourselves and maybe trying to seek for man's approval
1: we are a child of our heavenly father
0: yeah our allegiance is to god I trust him. I think it's interesting, too, in that movie, we can totally see the symbolism, if you will, and Yoda's kind of like the prophet, and the, and the council is kind of like the 12 apostles, and how he was showing the signs of apostasy and the fact that he felt he knew better than the council. I know better than they do. And that's really dangerous ground to start walking on, is when we start wanting to take matters into our own hands, I feel like I know better than the Lord, or the prophet, or church leaders, or something that way, that we really need to arm ourselves with truth. So what are some other true statements we could put in our declaration that reminds us of the importance that we need to rely on a prophet, and our Heavenly Father is is the one that we need to look to, and not to just start trusting in the flesh, trusting in our own arm.
2: I think seeing the bigger picture is a huge part because once we realize that we're just a tiny person here on this big wide earth and that Heavenly Father can see the whole earth and he has a plan for us and that he knows the end from the beginning and he knows what is going to happen and what would be best for us. And even though we can't see that, when we have trust in Heavenly Father, then we will be able to fulfill the missions that we are called to do and that it will work out because Heavenly Father knows what's going to happen and we don't. So we should never think that we know better than Heavenly Father and that we know what's best because He knows what's best for us. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you.
0: So our declaration statement might have something like, I know that the prophet is a spokesman for God. I know that Heavenly Father guides me through His prayers. I can trust Him. I trust Him. You know, use the present tense. and I follow His counsel. I put Him first. Wonderful. Are any of you willing to share some of your sentences in your declaration statements? We, we took and wrote down the lies that Satan was telling us in our little black book a while ago. And then we turned around and made a declaration statement as we noticed some of these repetitive areas that Satan really was hitting us with these fiery dart lies. And so that we can combat that, we put extra effort by making a declaration statement geared toward that. For example, I am one that struggles with worrying about what people think. So, I mean, I fall into that with Anakin and and wanting maybe that approval or acceptance or Something So for me, I said my allegiance is to God. I hear his voice and act upon his promptings. I know he loves me. With him by my side, I am brave and fearless as I go about his business, sharing his message, being his hands, and preparing people for the second coming. So I made in there a, a little section also about my mission and how I am fulfilling that. Anybody else want to share some sentences from theirs?
2: So some of the things that I struggled with that Satan was telling me was that, like, I won't amount to anything, and it's too hard, so just give up. It's not worth it. And that I should do what everybody else is doing, that I should learn exactly what everyone else is learning. So my declaration statement said... I am achieving great things. I am doing hard things. I love what I'm learning. I have my own mission and talents. Thank you for sharing.
0: Thank you. That's It takes courage to share some of these. Satan really is working on all of us, and I think that's another one of his lies that sometimes when we hear people share things that are maybe a weakness or something that... Other people would say, wow, you're being really vulnerable that way, that it's bad for us to share things that are vulnerable. Like we're supposed to have this facade that we're perfect and nobody ever struggles with something, right? So thank you for being brave and sharing those. Does anybody else have any other thoughts that they want to share? Okay, awesome. Thanks for your help, you guys. had a thought when we were done with our audio that it might be helpful for you to hear our family declaration statement. So we'll do that for you now. I am a daughter of God and he loves me. I love him and I am making the most of the precious life he has given me.
2: Every day I seek to learn and grow. I am taking ownership
0: for my choices and progressing on my quest to become like him. I use the Savior's atonement daily to enable me with power to do hard things and to repent when I fall short of my potential. With faith and courage, I act upon His promptings and fulfill the missions He calls me to do. With tenacity, I pursue goals of eternal worth. In all I do, I seek to glorify God and serve His children. Hopefully that was helpful to you to see how this all comes together how last week we learned about our spiritual nervous system and how it can help us to discern the good from the evil. And now this week, with our eyes open to see Satan's lies, we created a battle plan by implementing the two strategies of one, beginning with the end in mind, where we applied to both hemispheres of the brain by creating a vision board, vision statement, and by setting goals for our heart, mind, body, and spirit. And two, of overcoming evil with good, where we created declarations of truth to strengthen our faith in combating Satan's lies. I pray your eyes are beginning to be open to Satan's counterfeits. We really need the Lord's help in seeing and combating these. I feel like I've only been able to scratch the surface in helping you to be able to see and combat Satan's counterfeits. But I know that if you'll continue to ponder and ask the Lord for help, He will help you. I briefly want to point out one more counterfeit to watch out for. We spoke of noticing when we feel these negative emotions that those are a sign that Satan is influencing you. But I want to draw your attention to watch out for how Satan twists definitions. The Lord's definition of anger is not the world's or Satan's. We mentioned anger was one of those negative emotions. The Lord's definition for anger means to expel the breath. It is like a great sigh of sadness that we are not living up to our potential. His justice and great mercy requires that he follows natural laws. That means he cannot let your actions continue. But he still continues to love you. And through the consequences he is bringing about, he is seeking to bring you back to the fold. Reading John Lund's For All Eternity can fill you in more. The same is true with the word fear. The Lord's definition means to honor and respect. It is again following natural laws that we must respect, honor, and obey if we want to experience the positive consequences. We fear the Lord in the sense that we honor and respect Him and the natural laws that He embodies. I won't take more time on this, but hopefully that will get you started in looking for Satan's twisted, counterfeit definitions. I'd just like to wrap up this audio by again stressing how much we need to partner with all the members of the Godhead. The three of them work together in perfect unity in fulfilling their mission to bring to pass our immortality and eternal life. We need to turn to them for guidance as to what our vision and goals for the future should be, and we especially need their help in putting off our natural man weaknesses and Satan's temptations and deceptions. If we make them our symbolic head or boss, as symbolized by our helmet or head, then they will act as the master coordinator for our lives. We want to become one with them in every aspect of our lives, especially in our thoughts. Because it is our thoughts that are the beginning for every future action and word we speak. Those actions, words, and thoughts will lead us to salvation. And then if we turn to our Savior and apply His atonement to our life, then He will take us the rest of the way to salvation. Perfection means a finishing. He will complete us or finish us by blotting out our sins. And helping us to become more than we are on our own. Oh, how I love him! It is my prayer that we will arm ourselves with this finishing, saving piece of armor. May we remember the Savior's words as found in John 14:6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This is my testimony. And I share that in his holy name, even that of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you will join us next week as we expose Satan's counterfeit to the helmet of salvation. I'll we'll See you next week.